You're listening to the World Football Program with all the latest updates from both local and international football. This is the World Football Programme. My name is Sean Kelly. I'll be with you for the next two hours until the Jazz Programme. Thanks to Frank and Jerry for another wonderful Celtic ramblings. A couple of top fellas there. Joining me in the studio is, when you're young, you need the best, Hugh Best. Morning, everyone. G'day, Hugh. Resplendent in your Bayern Munich uh, shirt there. It looks very new. Yeah, yeah. so uh, Bayern... First time that the German champions have done day one opening match. So don't tell me the score. I left at 5-0 at halftime, so I'm not sure whether... Uh, yeah, a close, a close one. Yeah, I yeah. tracked Frankfurt, come back in the second half. So, yeah. you know... Anything th- possible. Anything's possible. And the other voice you have heard is uh, Phil Kelly, who is from the State League Standing Committee and Ashfield. Good morning, Phil. Good morning, Sean and Hugh, and good morning, everyone. All right. Um, looking at today's show, we've got... Um, a packed schedule. We've got Gerhard Janssen, who has been a coach and um, agent around the, the town for a long time, from very strong views on junior development and um, the transfer market and, and a few other things. So we'll be probing Gerhard about that, but also at Balga, where they um, piloted and were the, the leaders for fee-free football. So we'll see how yeah. that's going over there. Then we're going to talk to Greg Farrell and the wonderful things that are happening in the world of futsal. And then we'll follow that up with Derek Pollock, who's going to give us mm. his view on the EPL, which starts tonight. And yeah, it um, started last night. Arsenal mm. uh, 2, Crystal, well, sorry, Crystal Palace nil. Arsenal 2. Yeah. Yeah, they always do an opening day. Yeah, but on Palace Friday, and Arsenal, I just can't get excited over it. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> good on you. Yeah, no, look, it doesn't even count as a start to me, but there we go. And then we'll fill the rest of the show out with Phil, who's in the studio with us. He's going to give us commentary throughout, I imagine. He's not known to be that quiet, really. 
Okay, um, in breaking news, the um, Australian squad that went is going to the FIFA Under-20 World Cup with our very own Miranda Templeman yep. and the WA's, uh, well, Hannah WA Lowry. stars Hannah Lowry yeah. uh, beat Columbia 3-2 Brilliant. in the early hours this morning. A fantastic result. It's only a friendly, but... Um, Colombians are never easy to beat, so I think that's a fantastic it's a great result. showing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sensational. Really Absolutely. Um, so that's really the, the major news. There's all sorts of things happening around the place, um, lots going on in the local leagues that we'll catch up with and lots in the transfer market that we'll catch up with um, with uh, Derek when we get Derek on. Yeah. But um, what we'll do is we will go to a break very shortly and then we'll, we'll get Gerhard on. Um, Hugh, anything, yes. anything in the week that's interested you? Oh, no, I mean, all sorts of things uh, interest me in uh, the world of football. Yeah, but what about football? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I said, <laughs> seasons have started. I, I don't know where to start. Like I said, the, the, the Bayern Munich, um, you know, Liverpool <clears> fans <throat> would be happy to know that uh, Sadio Mane has, uh, has kicked off his Bayern Munich career with two goals in two games. So, but uh, No surprises there, though. No, no not really. Yeah. But, I mean, he's, uh, his goal... In the first half uh, this morning, just oh, typical. wonder goal, yeah. Not yeah. really. I mean, it, it was just buying, just doing their job. I mean, no, no, but it's a good goal. Oh, I wouldn't have gone that far. All <laughs> right, <laughs> well, don't then. I'm not the one wearing buying shirt. No, I, I, I thought I thought the first goal was the was the better one. Uh, yeah, the uh, Eintracht Frankfurt fans set off flares like the whole of the, uh, the, the 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 goal that Eintracht were defending yeah. was just. Well, the referee had to stop the game because he was wow. waiting for the, yeah. the flare smoke to, to it's change. It's quite obvious that the fans love Mane. Mane loved the fans. Yeah. The whole thing's yeah. working really well for yeah. all of them. Yeah. So. Three minutes in, free kick, about 35 metres out. I can't remember the behind this guy now, but he's gone, OK. And so they've set a one-man wall looking for the cross into uh, to Mane the, in the penalty spot. He goes, I'll have a go here because the keeper won't be able to see. And he's just gone, bang, mm. right-hand post, goal. Three minutes in, I thought, mm, this could be a cricket score. Five-nil, yeah. half-time. Wow. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Anything for you, Phil? Uh, there's plenty. There's plenty. Yeah, see, the thing is, what, what do you pick? <laughs> yeah, what do you pick? I mean, there is the start of the EPL season. There's obviously, um, you know, there's a lot of interesting transfers around the yeah. A League as well. Mm. Um, Vukovic is back. Actually, I tell you, one of the things that has piqued my interest is Charlie Austin's take on the world. Um, he's done more yeah. <laughs> uh, this year than our, our marquee last year, yeah. wherever his name was. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know. He was, he put a tweet up the other day about um, Australian drivers, which I thought was quite. No, it's actually there's yeah. been not just that. No, no, actually, there's like been a few other things. Yeah. yeah, he's been a few. He, not just about the hairdresser. So he's, yeah. he's done extremely well. I think he's he's fitting in well. No, yeah. he's but you just mentioned Danny Vukovic back yeah, to the yeah. Central Coast Mariners yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah, absolutely, which, yeah. Um, there's some, some ones. and then there's um, they another. They didn't want him to leave over there, but uh, he's come back for for family reasons. The kids are uh, going to school, and he wanted them to, to. Another player from Nottingham Forest who, since oh. their promotion to the um, EPL, yeah, he's now found himself training with the twenties, and he's going to Sydney. And by all accounts, a very good player. Who's that? I could find his name in a minute, but I just right, okay. well, on, Phil's on the job. Oh, right, right. We're going to go to a break. We'll be back after this with Gerhard Jensen. All right. Oh, don't relax. I want elbows and backs. I want to see everybody from behind. Oswest Fencing and Raw Tine is a fourth-generation family business. Bring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install, or automate your gates, offer electronic security, or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. 
Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor. You're listening to the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle. We are proud to be the longest-running football show on radio in Australia. Join myself, Penny Tannerhoth, Pete Skeller, Sean Kelly and Hugh Best every Saturday morning in the 10am to noon space. You will hear football conversations with a range of guests and gurus. The show lands as a podcast on our website and you can subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thanks for listening in to the World Football Program. One hundred seven point nine FM, your local station. So, did you get that guy's name, Phil? I didn't. You I, didn't. Okay, I, no, yeah, worries. no, no, no. I shall do that for us. Um, whilst we're waiting for you to get your <laughs> the, the gear, I'll introduce our next our next guest. So, joining us all the way from out there in Balgaland is Gerhard Jensen, who is the head coach at Balga. How are you, mate? Fantastic. How are you guys? Brilliant. Um, You've had well, this is your now your second season out there at Balga. It's an enjoyable time, and I have a little bit of an exclusive for you. This week, I extended my contract into 2023. That's a very good investment by the club. Um, Balga were the the groundbreakers in fee fee free football. How is that going? Um, is it still going? Is there, it has to be modified in some way, or is it still something you're doing? Oh, it's unchanged. It's unchanged, and it is part of the culture of the club that uh, everybody is working towards the target to keep it fee-free, which is, of course, a lot of work for volunteers, but it's working. Oh, that was good to hear. I mean, groundbreaking when, when Balga did that. I just... Uh, it's been on for a few years now, so I just wondered if it had been modified in any way, but you said they've got the model working, and um, yes, a lot of work for volunteers, but worth it in the end. Yeah, it is It is volunteer work, and it is uh, more and more recognised by people who start sponsoring because they see the difference we make in the community, and that is more in the junior side than... Uh, in the senior side. In the senior side, we have to be competitive as everybody else. But for the juniors, it has a massive impact. Yeah, absolutely. Now, is is that starting to have some effect on your state league side with your 18s and, and reserves? Um, are they coming through from the ranks or are you still having to bring in people from outside? So that is a huge advantage when, when I started uh, two years ago, that was our first view. Who can we pick from the 18s who and give them a chance to train with us as 18s with the first team? Because that's a massive signal to the to the club, to the 15s, 16s, and 18s that we are not only talking free free, but we give them the same chance they would get playing for other clubs or even a better chance. So this year we have with uh, uh, um, with Taban uh, uh, a player who. He plays, who scored already, uh, comes from the under-18s. We started with the second player, but he left uh, uh, mid-season to, uh, uh, to baseball to under-20s. So 
we're bringing through players. Um, next year we have two more talents who will make the jump from the uh, um, under 18th into the first team and are currently playing between 18th and reserve, which is important for us to show that there is uh, transparency for the players. Absolutely. I think I remember reading somewhere about the Southampton Academy and one of the draws there is that they very much so had a policy that if you're good enough, you're old enough and would mm. have their, their kids transfer through right the way through to the first team. And um, that's a reason why a lot of players will opt to go to them than they will do to a, a Man City or a, a Liverpool um, youth setup. I can recognise this and it is important um, um, not only to give them chances to play, but especially to train. It is more work. We have the third training session so we train Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and the uh, Wednesday session is a session where I integrate sometimes reserve players or sometimes under 18 players but definitely they learn uh, what the difference is in physicality and speed uh, between the 16th, 18th and the state league team. That's one of our biggest barriers though to the game locally right mm. is that opportunity mm. so I mean I've heard it many many times many for many many years that if Ronaldo or Messi were growing up in Perth or Sydney or Melbourne, they wouldn't play. No. They couldn't afford to play. Mm-hmm. And we don't give enough opportunity to kids in, um, in, that, in those development years unless you know yep. someone or someone can afford to pay for your fees to play at a top, top club yep. to and get top coaching. Well, like we saw with, um, with the boy Rooney. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was, what, 17 when, yeah. he, when he moved for absolute millions from Everton to, oh, to United? Been, he might have been a bit older. Than, I think he might have been 19. But, but it's more yeah. than that, right? So you can give a player an opportunity yep. at youth level, but then it's making that next step and that and transition the step, and the into step. senior football yeah. as well. And yeah. we don't do that well enough in local football either. And that's, yeah. so that's a really good point I just wanted to hit on, Gerhardt, that you've, yeah. you, know, you've, you seem to be at Balga having... You know, there's this no child left behind policy where mm. if you're good enough, you can play. Yeah. And, and then coupled with that, when you're 15, 16, yep. you're also getting that opportunity at senior level. And also with the free football, it's, it's, not, it's not based on financial. Who you are or what yeah. you can afford. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that's amazing. Yeah. And um, full credit to everybody at Balga. And I know it's, um, it wouldn't be easy no. um, and it would be a lot of work. But it's just, it's can't, we, we need to see more it, of it. it. The philosophy of and Shorto, and he yes. takes us all with yeah. So that is, you must have somebody on the top who is consequent with that. And there are always situations, and nobody would lie about this in Balga, when we think, oh, a little bit more money here, a little bit more money. And where is it easiest to get? Of yeah. course it's easier to get 100 200 $300 out of children, and then you multiply it, and then suddenly your issues are gone. Mm. Nobody is denying that, that we every year are on the edge with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is that is totally clear. But when you have this philosophy, and I must admit, of course, this year we are close to, to getting into top four, yeah. and we're missing a little bit of money. And, of course, everybody then looks around over the shoulder and thinks, oh, yeah, I had $2,000 more in my team, and it would look different. Um, but it's not working. And we are all in it. When we sit together, we all go back and say, that is why we're here. This is why I pick from Division 1 down to Division 2, Balga, because I think um, what we do to the children... See, for me, here in Perth, clubs ignore 
that from 15 to 18, the financial support of young boys in many, many families is reduced. While moms and dads drive around with them and entertain them between 8 and 40, 50, then it drops. And when then ridiculous space in 1,500, 2,000, Mm. come on top and really big talent uh, 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 cannot play in the highest possible league cannot Mm. play against the best not because they are not the best simply because they cannot afford they have to be on their own they already work in mcdonald's and uh, but it's not just but it's not just the money it's the consistency as well right so these kids are Moving around clubs all around Perth, they're at one club yeah. this year, another club this year, back to the first club again after year three. Different coaches each time because these kids are attending trials and they are, you know, being pushed aside because this year they're not good enough, but next year they might be. So it's more than just the cost. There's a there's oh, yeah. so much more going into it. I think Gerhard would agree that, uh, and especially with a with a, a German mindset, that the consistency of development is paramount. You can't go from a coach to another coach, another system to another system. We're playing four four two. Now we're playing three five two. And, de- and development takes years. It, oh yeah, it, it's not but, something you can do in a few weeks. But we talk about development, and the NPL was was designed to bring in this development. Um, <laughs> Here we go. Development, yeah, but yeah. to bring in this development chain and a, a, a line through the the state league and, and into into the A league. And I think it's failed abysmally. You just got to look at the results yeah. for the the two men's side that played recently. You know, with with a loss to Cambodia, Myanmar, they're they're funding mm. their programs properly, and the MPL program is failing to deliver at that level. You look at the the women's program with the. Um, the girls winning last night three two against Colombia, and the under under eighteen uh, under Matildas winning the AFF championship. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. They're not MPL modelled. So I don't know. I'm just doing a direct comparison. Gerhard, your thoughts? I'm careful with saying that it is only the NPL. It is much more. Yeah. From my perspective, that would mean we go back and say a, um, um, a club structure or league structure is responsible. My point is, since I had to do or redo my licenses here with. Uh, 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 Australian uh, football development. Yeah. Right? Uh, the issue is firstly, what are we developing? What are we developing? We still do not answer this. We do not know what we're developing. One says this, one says that. When you say we develop, let's say, for young soccer groups, yeah. then everything must target that the best of the player comes out with 16, 17. We are not doing this. We are talking about the 12-year-old, the 13-year-old, and not letting them do it this time what they do best, developing by playing football. Mm. We're developing them in this time to play in a nonsense system, 4 3, three mm. uh, and everybody who's not suitable for this uh, system, probably Tony Cross would not have any chance to play here because he's not quick enough. Yes. Uh, uh, mm. uh, uh, and, and I could go on and on and on with examples. And then, what are we saying? We are saying we want to have people playing on the highest international level. And we lose children to other sports and even inside our sports by not by quality, but by money and structure and whether do they have to drive and that we don't have any scouting system. So if you say we want to develop children on a world-class level, and that is what the program said when I was introduced to the license structure for coaching, mm-hmm. then the first thing is 
scouting. Without scouting, we do not know where the best players play. Yeah. The players, I have players, I currently have players in Vargas who would never be able to afford to come to the three or four training sessions or trial sessions with first lawyers. Mm. Because they literally do not have the money on, and the parents to travel from where they live to the place. So they will never be seen in a trial of hers. Yeah. And Prince Glory has no scouts, nowhere running around finding them. So what are we talking about? We are not talking about a system of looking for the best. We're looking of system where 90% of the clubs see the 12 to 18-year-olds just as an income stream. And if yeah, we don't yeah. stop lying about that, we'll never achieve anything in world football because we are not a nation big enough to waste half of our players losing to other sports and losing in our structure. Because it is, of course, better when all our best players play in the highest league. But they don't. Not even half. I go around now, today, if you ask me, and somebody would organize the team which would pick it, and I only pick players who are not even playing Division 1. Mm. They're playing Division 2 and lower in all juniors, and I bring together an under-16, which beats every team here in the state. Oh, yeah, look, I think the... the, the look. I'll make no, no bones about it. I think the system is flawed. I've all, yeah. I thought it was flawed before its inception. Um, and it is the NPL is a product. It is not a system. It's not anything <laughs> other than a system to, to A, generate, um, well, generate coaching. I don't, I don't have a problem with promoting qualified coaches, by the way. I think that's yeah. definitely the way forward. But also for clubs to then sell this licensed product to people at premium and and sell the dream that you you send me your kid he may have two left feet but I'll make him Ronaldo, yeah. um, and people buy into it and believe it and you know if I pay two and a half grand a year I want my kid to to come out of this at you know but for the two proof. for the two and a half grand you get you buy your child the opportunity yeah not, not necessarily the development nobody sold as a guarantee yeah yeah. The, yeah. the player pathway is sold as a guarantee. Mm. A little bit. This is a little bit here. Uh, when, when you look at this, this is a little bit the story that your child just has to pay enough to look at a good painting, Jeez. and then it will be yeah, a right. good yeah. painter. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it's a great works. analogy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So football works when ten boys meet in a garage area and kick against garage doors. And suddenly, one of them can do tricks nobody else can do. And you look at him and say, wow, that's the boy I want. That's the boy I want. Yeah. And maybe five months before, he played basketball. Yep. But yeah. Now, he is in a development phase. When I pick him up, I change his attitude. I teach him. And I start with character building things, not with, oh, how do you cut in from the right side because you're a right-attacking midfielder. Players are not right-attacking midfielders when they're 12 years old. They are footballers, and they can play every position. But mm. here we do trials where people with clipboards stay in front of you. And I, I, I stopped going there. I stopped sending children there. But I, I hope it changed the last three years because I'm constantly criticizing. We're looking in 12- and 13-year-olds. Uh, I, uh, I can't pick him. I need a center-back. What? Yeah. yeah. But there, that, there that are... It's so ridiculous. Nobody in the world does this and, exist. And I know you're saying at 12... I know you're saying at 12 they do this, but I also know that there are clubs out there that are running elite, elite eights yeah. and nines and even yeah. then specialising goalkeepers, fullback yeah. strikers at that age. That's crazy. 
And, 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 and I'm not criticizing the qualification. Qualification system is mm. high end. Yep. If we would change this qualification, because we have people who spend 10 Saturdays to get a sea life. Mm. Come on, sea life. Sea license means you can, you can uh, 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 pump up the ball in other countries. Sea life is nothing. We pretend that these people have to learn, they have to do videos, but we don't t- teach them one thing, that the first thing on this level where they mostly coach juniors or under 18 is character. We look for character. We look for the love of the game. Mm. We look for being there 10 minutes before training starts and staying 20 minutes after. Yep. This is what we look for. And this boy will develop when he has, as you said, not two left foot, to the feet, but he has, he has character. He has, the, the, the blood is, is pumping when he sees the ball. Yeah. That is what we want. And, and, and the other thing is that a lot of it comes from within. You know, the, the desire of that person to, to make it all the way. Kevin Keegan was told, you're yeah. too small, yeah. you'll never make a footballer. Yet he, he won the Ballandor. You know, yeah. the, there are so many people that I know that have gone out for trials or and they, they've gone and hawked themselves all over Europe until they've got a, a position like Dino Gilbic. And I know others that have had a look at it and gone, that is not for me. They're, they're as skillful, as um, as talented, but they're not prepared to go through the pain. And, yeah. and, you know, being a professional footballer is not a golden journey where you just, you know, roll, roll up with the skills and, and all of a sudden you're playing for Liverpool. It's it's a hard, hard road and you've got to be prepared to sacrifice and, and sweat and, you know, go without for a while. Uh, I, I couldn't agree more. And, 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 and let, let me say something when you say P-free football. Yeah. In the beginning, I started with this. I'm not asking every club to do this because the lack of volunteers is obvious. So I went, I, I came from a club where volunteers were as rare as you can imagine. Okay? Yeah. I know that it's not possible. I'm not asking all the clubs to drop their things. This no. is it's not how it works. But the, the point is, as a governing body, I have to give, I, I, they can cap salaries for first-team players in A-League, but they cannot cap feet because that would be a competition as well. Yeah. Play them with certain feet and make the player as good as possible in this range. Don't go banana like in Southwest uh, uh, um, uh, uh, in, in, in Sydney and in Melbourne. Mm. Um, don't go banana with $3,000. Give them a, a proper maximum, let's say 500 550 for juniors, that still will kick out some children, but it will increase the number significantly on the highest level. And it would give all clubs the same chance and would give them the opportunity to rethink whether they want to do juniors. Because we have a lot of clubs who only do the NPL stuff to invest into the first team. So from the 1,500 they ask for, 1,100 go into the first team. And if they say otherwise, look into the numbers. I agree with you, Gerhard, 100%. Anyone that says any differently is, I will will call you out right now as a liar. (laughs) But but the other thing, Gerhard, with that is a lot of these clubs also have 
a no guarantees policy that you, your child will be in their NPL setup, but they want you to pay yeah. full fees by November, which are non-refundable. And then if your child doesn't make that first that um, NPL squad, they they're, they're in a backup squad, but they're still paying the NPL money for it. So yeah, you know, it's a lot worse than we think. Yeah, and 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 again, the the parents, especially the parents who do not come with a football background. Yeah. So I know a lot parents in the meantime, uh, uh, mostly coming as migrants, they look at me and say, no, my boy plays for Hammersley or anything. Uh, I don't care about it because they know the chance, really the the likelihood to become a professional footballer is very, very, very small. Yeah. So only only people with no experience in football believe you when you say, oh, this 12-year-old, they will get a chance they go overseas. Nobody can say this. Nobody can say this. When you, I, I always give them a number. From the under-19 champion in Germany to winning the German under-19 Bundesliga, not 50% make it into first, second, third, or fourth. Yeah. So that means you win the German Bundesliga under-19. You may play with, uh, uh, with Sané and you may play with Werner, but 12 months later, yeah. nobody is willing to give you a professional contact. So this is this is the reality. What we what we're talking about when we say pathway to the the constant lying that that these clubs are any pathway to anything. That's the worst because we 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 take it from the people who are most football uneducated. I'm not talking about uneducated, meaning a lot of them are doctors, lawyers, and mm-hmm. stuff like this. No, they are not football educated. They have not the foggiest clue how it really works, how and when you can say something about a player. Yeah. And, 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 and and that works, of course, in a country where people believe that honesty is a part of sport. Because parents stay there and they, they, they talk to you and say, no, 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 this coach and the TD was in front of us. He spoke with 15 parents and said, even our shadow squad is professional structure. What? Hmm. This is this is ridiculous. Nobody in in even an academy in England in Germany would say that the under twelve or under forty is professional. Yeah. This is junior football. Mm-hmm. This is junior football. We're lying to them by saying we have a professional structure in our junior setup. Professional structure would mean firstly they don't pay anything. Secondly, yep. they sleep, eat, and are schooled in this academy. Mm-hmm. That is a professional structure. And, and how many do we have of that in, in Australia? So therefore, if, if we don't stop this, if we don't stop this, we tell we tell a lie. And what is the consequence of the lie? I'm currently dealing with somebody who is dropping out of the under twenties in uh, uh, in NPL and asked me to play next year for Bayern. And what are we dealing with? We are dealing with boys with 16, 17, 18, 19 who believe for six, seven years in an important part of their development into a lie, into an obvious lie. And now they think football is not a good sport for them. We lose them entirely. They really, really every year, a lot of good players in the, on the edge between 16 and 18 and 18 and 20 spot in the NPL. We lose them entirely. They do not play at all. And I think that that ties back to what you said earlier, though, about the character and, and teaching people to love the game. Yeah. I mean... I, I did that as a child. I, I fell in love with the game, and it's still with me. Even at 60-plus, it's still there, and I, I still love the game. But 
the trouble is, as you said, the deceit, the lies, and and the pressure that's put on these children to to perform and to to come up with money to to keep performing, um, all of that drives the love out of them, and and it becomes you know. Professional doesn't mean lose the love. Professional means engage and and, and cherish and, and grow that love of the game. Um, and we just seem to do quite the opposite. It's it's interesting. What made me and I was just thinking. Well, Gerhard was talking about under nineteen German World Championships, right? Yeah. And how those players don't end up even playing at a semi pro level. Yeah. And perpetuating that lie in Australia. That's a developed nation in oh, football. Yeah. That's one of the most successful football nations on the planet. Yeah, okay? and we're likely to be talking about... What, we, f- what yeah. we forget, and the biggest lie we yeah. tell ourselves in Australia, is that we're a third world country when it comes to football. Yeah, that's no. And we're probably worse than that. Yeah. We're probably living in the Stone Age, right? Yeah. And that's the lie we keep telling ourselves, that we're actually doing this stuff well. Yeah. And we need, we need to do something different. Well, I've I made this comment when we had Graham Normanton on that, you know, we have that association. Well, I'm, I'm highlighting a particular club. If we, we talk about Melbourne City, now they've got that uh, association with the City Group, so they should have the uh, opportunity to access world-class coaching. But because we're in Australia, oh, I'm sorry, that's too far, it's too hard, and you're not doing it right anyway, so we'll send our talent to America, we'll send our talent to South Africa, we'll send our talent to, to Belgium. And they let Arzani go to another club. And, and we're not getting that development process no. of, of quality. No. Yeah. It, it's, a, it's a valid point yeah. that, that if you're going to associate with, with a, a particular major footballing group that the city group is... Mm-hmm. Why is it just one way? Why is it just take from our country and, mm. and then not... I think I've got theories on that. We'll talk about them later. Yeah, because later on yeah. in the show, I know something that yeah. I do want to talk about, something I'm very passionate about. Yeah, yeah. And it's because I think our attention and our love for the game yep. is pointing in a different direction. Yep. It's yep. not looking inwardly. That's good. And, and that's the point I want to make later on in the yep. show, which we'll talk about later. Yep. So, Gerhard, um, the... The uh, state leagues are now professional leagues. Do you think that's a, a good development and that the fact we can then put the players in those on contracts um, a step in the right direction? Yeah, it is firstly a very, very good step that we introduced the transfer window. Mm-hmm. So that's a very good step because it gives the smaller clubs a time from where on we definitely can plan with players. It was the years before, especially when I was in Division One, responsible as director, a, a nightmare that after the final in the night series, you lose your best three players yep. because yeah. the, yep. the other team waited who is in the final of the night series. Is that a small club like UWA? Then you pinch them three players away yep. and they put them either in Division One or NPL because nobody cared before, but it was a safe way for bigger clubs to get the best player and the best developed player yeah. at a very late stage and then the minor club. It also says a lot for you because from memory, a lot of them came back before the end of the season yeah. as well. But it brings yeah, up the point that Gerhardt was, was making yeah. as well about the scouting. You're only scouting yeah. one game, the cup final. Why, yeah. why are you not scouting every game? You can't, mm. you can't make a, a reasonable assessment of a player on one game. No, but it makes the league more honest. You know, yeah. there's a little lot more consistency through the league. There's no surprises. Teams oh, aren't falling yeah. apart. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's, I think, look, it, and, uh, being part of that decision-making process, and, I think it's been fantastic for And the then game. the other thing with that is 
the development of a proper transfer system. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the next step, and that's what we're hoping yeah, we'll develop yeah, in the next yeah. couple of years, and, and mm. there should and, be some I, benefit for But us. I'd be interested to hear Gerhard's thoughts mm. on that because I know Gerhard's very impassioned about the transfer system. Yep. Yeah, I think the, the, the point for us here on our the, the state uh, league level is we have to create a forward thinking for smaller clubs. Yeah. And we, uh, the bigger clubs have to understand that this is a joint endeavor. It's not one club goes and takes players because in the end, the one club is running after a while out of opportunities while when they cooperate and a transfer fee is nothing else than a cooperation, a sign of cooperation and a token of understanding that they develop something for me. So mm-hmm. when I'm the top club in the NPL and I got two players from Division 2, they pay significantly more money. But why not coming up with a proper transfer fee to say, okay, we acknowledge what you did to these players and now... They don't come from my under-16s anymore, but now we bring them into NPL. So yeah. it is a consistent talk. Then a transfer fee is, for me, in football, a natural thing. Yes. It, yeah. it, it is, and it is not only good for the ones who receive the uh, transfer fee. It is good for the ones who pay it, because then they make an assessment. Yeah. And they're not just getting five players in, six players in, and saying, oh, he's on the market, let's take them. Yeah. No, they start assessing and saying, do I really need him? Do I really drop the player I already have? When I, what, what more do I get out of this player? Now, when it costs nothing, it's like in everything. Uh, uh, you go in a shop and you take five of it because it costs nothing. They are for free. <laughs> if they yeah. would have to pay a, a certain amount of money, they would only pick one or two and yep. assess them. Yes. Yes. Uh, exactly. Scouting. That's but it, but the it. other thing is, yeah. I mean, if you developed a player through your yeah. system and, uh, you know, 18, 19 or whatever, someone sees him playing for the for the first team at Balga and goes, you know what, I think he could do a job for me at MPL. Mm. And they then negotiate a fee with you and let's just throw a number in the air, $2,000. That's for, for developing kids that you can now fund yep. for free yep. from the development one yep. one person into that level. And yes, they go and play at a higher level, but you know that it's a it's not a, a huge business model, but it, it's something back that then takes the weight off your volunteers. I, I agree, and uh, um, the model is existing. <clears throat> you just go overseas in Europe. Yep. Um, we have the so-called league model. That means when you go from from the sixth league into fifth league, a minimum transfer fee is fixed in the statute. So everybody knows you, uh, when I go into, from the 5th league and get players from the 6th league, I have to pay a certain minimum price. If there are more than one bidder, the price can go up. Yes. If there's not more than one bidder, the minimum price is paid. Mm. That's how fair the system is. And nobody complains about it because no. everybody knows what to deal with. That's right. The, the, figures are, uh, uh, the minimum figures are not negotiable. If they are not paid, uh, the transfer is not valid. Yep. As simple as it is. And, 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 therefore, and therefore, I think we have models helping the development. They are existing. But sometimes, sometimes I'm not, not, not saying the people are stubborn, but sometimes they think they, they found the extra way, which only exists in Australia. And then we are told, oh, that's a straight way. I understand the straight way, 
really works when you don't have anything as alternative look go back look into it and copy it because other countries are not so much dumber than we are here in Australia mm. Now, look, I, I totally agree, Gerhard. I think we yeah. could we could fill an entire yeah. show yeah. with with those things. But it was really interesting to to hear you um, <clears throat> make that so well. Um, we've got to take um, we'll finish this off now yeah. because I've got another guest waiting on the line. But um, really, thank you for your yep. time. Um, we haven't even spoken about your game today or anything else. But um, <laughs> you know, you're, you're always a wealth of knowledge on football. And thank you for being on. Thank you for having me, and uh, thank you for your absolutely fantastic show. Keep on going with that, boy. Dankeschön, Gerhard. Bis später. Bis später. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> He's wearing a Bayern shirt. It's, yeah. really, it's really rubbing off on him. All right, see ya. <laughs> Gerhard Jensen from Balga. Um, look, wealth of knowledge in that side of the game, particularly around uh, development transfers, professional markets, that sort of stuff. Really knows his stuff. It absolutely does. Yeah, do you want me to go through the fixtures? Yes, please. Okay, so today in State Division Two, uh, Balga will be away to Joondalup City up at Iluka. Uh, Kingsley Westside will play Southwest Phoenix. Karamar Shamrock Rovers will play Morley Windmills. That's at Granders Park. Swan United will host the lovely Ashfield. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. You boys will be down there, yeah? Yeah. Hopefully. Wanneroo City will host Gosnell City's top of the table, Gosnells. And Curtin Uni FC will host Canning City FC. And that's Division 1 for us. Okay. Division 2. Division we're just waiting to hear a pitch report at Francis Street at the moment. Just waiting, waiting very I would cautiously. think that uh, it would be absolutely chock-a-block ready for the 100-metre freestyle. It would probably be, I yeah, would Yeah, yeah, I've been yeah. there a few times when it's uh, been weather like this and, yeah, screwing studs aren't well, enough. You need, you need your wellies. <laughs> the Asheville pitch last week was so bad, even the ducks walked off it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Okay, we're going to go to a break and we'll be back after that with um, Derek Pollock and we'll talk about the EPL. Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware, components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team... On 92586822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au. Station sponsor. G'day, I'm Peter Skeeler, the man behind A-LeagueStats.com and part of the World Football Team for 2021. Joining me this year will be women's football expert Penny Tannehoth, Ashfield Sports Club member Sean Kelly. Subutio expert Hugh Best and Junior Matilda's goalkeeper Miranda Templeman. We will be with you every Saturday morning through to the end of November talking football. Catch the show on live stream or via our new website, listen in later on the podcast or land on our Facebook page and share your football news. The World Football Program on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM.
See you later. Radio Fremantle, 107.9 So those that were listening, Bishbader is, see you later. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, uh, that's my German coming through. There's yeah. three languages you can speak, isn't there? I can there? speak Australian, English, I can speak English, English, German, and German. gibberish. Yeah. That's right. no, oh, well, gibberish, that's four. <laughs> so as we were talking about earlier, before we get to Derek, that uh, player from uh, New- Nottingham Forest is Joe Lolly. Yes. Uh, yeah. And Joe yeah. Lolly was the 2019 Nottingham Forest Player of the Year. He uh, He's an absolute... Uh, I think he'll yeah. be quality. 20, 29 yeah. years of, of age, he's played uh, 170 games for for Forest and scored 27 goals. So yeah. he, like I say, he's in his prime. But it, but also at his prime at the level because yeah. I think that's the the A League is at that level. Whereas Charlie's yeah. coming from Charlie's coming from West Bromwich Albion, where uh, he's an absolute superstar. For at us. the other end of the system, yeah. 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 It's an odd one because I did have a look to, to see what had happened there through the uh, through the Athletic, mm-hmm. and uh, they basically said, "Mate." You're playing for the under 23s, or you're playing elsewhere. And I'm thinking, really, how how has that happened? Mm. I mean, maybe he had a promotion clause in his contract that says I get an absolute bucket load when we get promoted. I don't know. Mm. Oh, I'm not sure. Anyway, we'll 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 get to Derek, and we'll Derek talk might about. Know. Yeah, no, Derek's good. Derek, good morning. How are you? Oh, what? Derek, Derek, good morning. How are you? <laughs> I thought it was a bit quiet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yeah. was a bit quiet, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that, that's not me in the chair for a change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the difference is I'm, I just roll with it, mate. I don't get panicked or stressed <laughs> yeah, or whatever. Right. No. Um, so, Derek, I think we'll caveat everything by saying you are a Man City fan, so anything you say may have used in evidence against you. Um, <laughs> the, you, 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 you know, you, you've got to reveal your bias. You can't try and hide it. Well, mine, gotta, you, you know you I'm know, a Put I'm it a out hammer. there and let others deserve. Yeah. <laughs> you and I are a hammer, so. I'm a hammer, so tomorrow night we're going to hate each other, but that's how it goes. Um, the EPL started last night with um, Crystal Palace getting beaten by um, Arsenal 2 0. Yep. But um, who do you think has done the best deals in the transfer market this over the, the closed season? I think anyone who signs Holland wins the transfer window. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, especially when he's going to be getting fed by De Bruyne and, and, and Bernardo Silva. That's uh, no, yeah. look, he, he was fan, he was fantastic in in the cup game last week, and I, you know the hat trick. Oh, he didn't score. No, that's right. No, he wasn't that great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, look, first first competitive game. You know, you, you've got to take some time. You know, historically, attacking players don't have an amazing first season under Pep Guardiola. Yep. Um, yeah. You know, Jack Grealish last season sort of was true to form there. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I just think that, yeah, Holland's um, previous history, exceeding his XG consistently, um, shows how clinical he usually is. Uh, you know, that one incident with Van Dijk aside. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, so that'll be... Yeah, I mean, that, that'll, I think, make or break City's season, to be fair, when you when you get rid of um, Jesus and Sterling and then only bring in Holland, it, it really has to work. Yeah, but at least he's brought in a, a proper number nine, you know... He'll have that focus point to, to like I say, feed feed the striker for a change instead of running around and getting a tap in from somebody. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and it'll be interesting as well because um, Guardiola had a Barcelona team many, many moons ago that was all full of tricky attacking midfielders like he likes. Yeah, and then they decided to put Ibra in, and that didn't, <laughs> you know, it had some success. You know, there's the floor for the you know Barcelona, but um, but it wasn't as successful really as as, as people would have liked, and so. You know, has he learned from that? Is Holland just a better player than he? Bro, we'll see. Ooh, mm. that's a good call. I would have thought to, to maybe um, Brighton would have done the best out of the transfer uh, system. You know, knocking back thirty million for Curicella and then uh, and then taking sixty 
from Chelsea. I mean, that that's great transfer business. Oh, that's good business. They yeah. only paid fifteen million for him. I know they didn't really want him to go and just screwed over the the highest bidder, which is brilliant. Yeah, so I mean, that was that was baffling. Where um, yeah, City was said, you know, we're, we're capping it at forty, and we're not going to go beyond that. Yeah, and then Chelsea sort of stumped up fifty six um, with add-ons, so it could even get even higher. So yeah, it, it's interesting. It's one of those things where yes, that looks like a good bit of business, but it depends on how well they replace him. Oh yeah, yeah that's know. really where yeah. you know there's, it's not, there's no point in getting lots of money um, if you're not going to spend it well, as Barcelona, I'm sure, can attest to. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, it's odd. Like I say, if you're going to get a lot of money in, you need to replace it. I mean, they got $50 million from Ben White uh, last year, $60 million this year. So there's a there's a war chest there, but they're not really replacing uh, quality with quality. Well, and, and they're selling, aren't they? They've, they've sold quite a few players, I think. And, and you know, first Even Zuma went as well. Yep. Yeah, yep, yep. Um, they've got, um, in that part of that deal for Kukurea, they've got... Um, Levi Caldwell, uh, or however, however you pronounce his name, um, going the other way oh, on loan right. for a year, yes. yep, yeah. on, for free. Yeah. So, so that's you know, and he was basically player of the season for Huddersfield last season in a team that almost got promoted. So, you know, for Brighton, I think that would be quite a good, quite a good um, play to have. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Any surprises? I mean, surprise for me in the in the transfer market. I don't think Leicester have done anything. No. Yeah, I, I'm up at the Kingsway Markets this morning, and I spent more on my Malaysian food than. Um, than Leicester have done in the transfer window. <laughs> sounds sounds so like a good investment. <laughs> yeah, so that's, yeah, that's the surprise. And I think Leicester are my, I don't want to call it dark horse favourites for you know the relegation fight because they sell Casper Schmeichel for a million, which is just baffling. Wow. Uh, yeah. And then there's a lot of rumours about James Madison and Newcastle. Those rumours don't really kick on to this level if there's not interest from the player. Yep, True. Um, yeah, especially for a what could be perceived as a, a sideways move. I don't think it is anymore, but it could be perceived as that way. And then there's a lot of rumours about um, Wesley Fafana going to Chelsea. If if they all happen and there's not significant replenishment, then you could see Leicester really bottoming out this year. Well, I don't see him And Tillemans as well, actually. He's got a year Gilliman's. left in his contract, really. Yeah, he, he mm. wants out as well. Yeah. So, yeah, so it could be, it could be a bad. It could be a dark one um, for... For Leicester, Brendan Rodgers was quoted in a May saying he wanted about five or six new players in and they've got none. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, what do you think of Newcastle's investment so far? Yeah, I think they've done a good job. They've um, avoided the urge to just throw to money. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know if that's because that's the way they want to do it or if that's because SFP are, are making it so... But, I mean, when Man City got bought out initially, it was like, right, how, we, how do we, oh, yeah. you know, let's let's overpay for these initial stepping stone players so that, you know, you don't sign Aguero when the best player of your team is Stevie Island. Um, but then when, once you've overpaid <laughs> to get, you know, Robinho and Adebayor and Vincent Company, and all these, well, Vincent Company's already there, but all these other players, then you can suddenly, you know, pay reasonable amounts to get Aguero. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, and they've avoided doing that, and they've built sort of in a way that's very sensible. So Diego Carlos and Sven Botman are both uh, very, very good defenders that a lot of people are looking at. So to get them in, you know, Trippier, you know, they've got to um, get target permanently. They've got a very solid core there with Gumaraj yeah. um, in front as well. So oh, and, and they, with... they need to upgrade their attack because, um, you know, the injured Callum Wilson isn't going yeah. to be carrying them all season. 
Well, it keep, it, the thing is, Callum Wilson will, will keep Trippier company in the treatment room. So, you know, it's, oh, <laughs> there you go. Oh, no, look, it, the, the players that come with reputations. Um, you think Newcastle will be troubling for a European, European space this year or do you think they're going to be outside? Uh, yeah, this is the really enjoyable point of the season when I make all sorts of predictions that we can yeah. laugh about in much <laughs> oh, yeah. time. Uh, but no, I don't think, I don't, not, I mean, European, yes, but not, um, not the upper echelons of Europe, you know, because if you look at last season after January, um, they were the second best team in the league. Yeah. Um, and so they went from, you know, relegation favourites to comfortably mid-table. So I think if Howe can continue that form, and with the improvements they've made in, the, in their team, then I think, yeah, that sort of... Um, they should be aiming for that sort of fifth to seventh type spot. And what's your thoughts on the promoted clubs and their, their ability to survive? Oh, here we go. Yeah, good question. Um, mm. Bournemouth, I think, are already preparing for life next season in the, champions, in the championship. Yeah. So... Um, they just, you know, they've made, they've made only a handful of signings. All of them are championship players. Um, they've not really, you know, I think they're doing, they might, I don't know if they are doing this, but, you know, when Burnley came up many, many years ago, they went one season and we're not, not going to spend anything. Mm-hmm. We're going to get relegated. We're going to take the parachute payments. We're going to come back up. And then we're going to be, you know, have a position where we've invested in the training ground. We've invested in this. We'll be able to stay up, you know, for a feasible amount of time. Maybe that's what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, I think they're odds on favourite to go down. Nottingham Forest has done a good job. But a bit like um, Villa a couple of years ago where half their team was on loan in the promotion season. Yeah. They've had to spend a lot of money to get a lot of new players in to replace the players, um, not because they want to, but because they have to, because you know, the loans have ended. Yeah. And full of, full of interesting, Marco Silva, I think, is underestimated as manager. I mean, the, you know, he was fired at Everton when they were seventh. And look at them now. So, yeah, you know, yeah. so yeah, and he did quite a good job. I think Mitrovic will finally throw off the tag of too good for the championship, not quite good enough yeah. for the Premier League. Yeah, I don't think he will. No, okay, <laughs> no, no. I saw obviously being the West Brom fan, we saw a fair amount of him, and and I, I thought Fulham, um, you know, Mitrovic will go down with a oops, my wallet hurts. And that's Fulham done. They were a one-trick pony. You know, get it up to the big man. Big man puts it in the back of the goal. Hey, it works when it works. But uh, if the big man's not available, you've got no plan B. So I, I'd see Fulham struggling really, really badly. Oh, no, I definitely see them struggling. I agree with you there. But um, I don't, yeah, I, I think they'll be relegated probably. Um, but I think he'll hopefully be at least a passable Premier League player. Oh, I mean, he's, he's international yeah. quality. There's no two ways about it. But, uh, yeah, yeah, the... the He's now going to be up against international quality defenders who who don't put up with the uh, with that. Uh, I'll just give you a push and I'll fall over as a defender and go. Come on, ref, what's the story? And then pick the ball out the back of the net. They don't do that in the Premier League. He's going. Oh, yeah. Mm. Well, he's. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I have yeah, grave fears for Fulham, but uh, that's because that's uh, that's what happens. You, it, you always highlight the, the the teams that have gone up. I, I see Forest as well. I mean. They um, they're, they're making all the noises of we're back where we belong. Look at yeah. it, look at the two stars on our shirt. It's like it, those two stars were 1980 made. You know, we're 40 years ago. And there's no Brian Clough around. And there's no Brian Clough around. Yeah. So you know, it's all very well to to recognise your history, but you need future plans. And I don't see them having too many future plans of of trying to remain in the Premier League. I know everyone wants to, but yeah, um, yeah well, the reality is three won't every year. 
Well, I mean, they yeah. they, they they finished six in the yeah. championship last year. Yeah. You know that, that that's know. A, that's a quality side. Wait a minute, mm. <laughs> maybe not. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. But to be fair, um, the form pre and post Steve Cooper last season was night and day. So oh, yeah. it's true it was, yeah. you know, they, they were sort of struggling mid table when he took over. So yeah. you know, they, they had. I agree that the finishing six is not a, you know, a marker for success. But they they were starting from a long way back when he took over. Yes, they were. That. That's a valid point. Now, now one of your favourite subjects for the go. for the EPL yeah. is to tip the the first manager get the sack, and you normally start with the United oh. manager. So, no, he's, what he's do you reckon on his chances? Oh. <laughs> Lots of be locked in. No, he's gone. Sacked. So, <laughs> Ten Hag, you know, manage, contrary to um, you know reasons, that managers at United get far longer than they than they should be getting. Um, and Ten Hag is actually a good manager, so yeah. I think he'll get quite a long time. Yeah. I think um, Hasan Hudel will be unlu- unlucky to be the first one to go. Ooh. Yeah, for Southampton, I'm, they've um, been, you know, he's, he's, he's a good manager, but he's, the teams he's been given have cons- progressively been weakened every single transfer window. Um, and, and you look at the team he started with committed now, you're like, this is actually not stronger than it was when he took over. And so I think, yeah, they struggled back in the last season, um, and I think they will probably struggle again. Either him or Lampard, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, I had, I had Frankie or actually Marco Silva because, yeah, they, he's... Um... Yeah, with with the ambitions that that they have, um, they're not going to put up with a, a slow start. So. Well, Everton pushed their luck last season, and and we're very lucky not oh, to be relegated. I, so I hadn't relegated up until the last yeah, day of the season. And that's what I'm saying. So <laughs> I, I don't know if that Frank's going to have a, a long career if it doesn't. If this season doesn't start off well for him, there's going to be problems. I mean, he, they've lost um, some of their better players, and um, yeah, it's going to be a struggle. Your, your thoughts on that one, Derek? Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm I'm really not sold yet. The jury's still very much out on Frank Lampard's ability as a manager, <laughs> and um, and yeah, they, they really got away with it last season. Yeah. And then if you take away Richarlison, yep. um, who has basically kept them up, and then um, DCL is now injured for the first six weeks. Dwight McNeil they brought in, but he's not um, he's not Richarlison. No, he's not. <laughs> no. So, you know, no Richarlison, no Dominic Cabot Lewin. Um, I, yeah, I just struggle to see. Um, where, yeah, where their goals are going to come from, and um, if you've, you know, this will really, I think, be a good indicator of, of Frank Lampard's capability as a manager. You know, he he took Derby from sixth to sixth, mm-hmm. um, and then he got in an awful mess with Chelsea that Tuchel managed to sort out in about a training session. <laughs> so um, I'm just, yeah, I'm baffled as to, yeah to see where Everton go if they don't spend. To get some some more quality, and they're just lacking. You know, the, if you look at the squad, the squad's just not good enough. I don't think. Um, really, it's you know, it's it's in that sort of fifteenth down position, which uh, so you know they might potentially get lucky because I can see Bournemouth being worse than them. I can see Fulham being equal or worse with them, um, and Nottingham Forest. So you know, they're, they're, and Southampton. So and possibly Leicester. So they might just be in that position where there's a four or five worse teams than them. But yeah, I'm, 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 I'd be worried if I was an Everton fan. Derek, can I ask a question? I'm looking through the uh, through the BBC website about uh, transfers. Aaron Ramsey on the first of August is listed as unattached, going to Nice for a free, and then later on he's uh, listed as going to to Norwich. Uh, do you know where he's ended up? Uh, no, I've not actually followed Aaron Ramsey. To be fair, once he sort of left and then 
couldn't stay fit over in Italy either. I went, oh, well, let's, let's just ease it on the list. Of, I actually thought when you said Aaron Ramsey that he'd retired, but then I remember that was Jack, Jack Wilshire, another, you know, yeah. much for much player. <laughs> um, no, I'm not sure, sorry. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, just going by the, the BBC, they've got him for unattached going to Nice, and then uh, four days later, they've got him from Aston Villa to Norwich on a loan. So mm. that's interesting. On a loan, that's interesting. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, with the new th- loan uh, dealing, do you think that's going to be uh, stopping the hoarding of players by, I don't want to mention a, a particular club that plays in Sky Blue that. Uh, uh, quite successful in the uh, uh, Premier League, but another club in blue, Chelsea have got far, far more in loan. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I hope it does. I really hope yeah. it does. Um, you know, if, if it can stop, if it means that players are getting bought by these sort of, yeah, the super clubs at twenty-two instead of sixteen or seventeen or eighteen, and mm. that's a good thing for the game. Good. You know, any, anything to get these players an extra two seasons, maybe three at their um, the club they've sort of been grown by. Um, would be yeah, and a good for football in my opinion. So I really hope the loan ruling does sort of put an end to the to the loan armies. Yeah, I, I hope it does also. But I, I'm also a little bit sceptical that uh, clubs such as well groups such as the City Group or the uh, the Red Bull Group, who have uh, clubs around uh, around the world, will buy that talent, sell them for free to a sister club get them developed that way and then bring them back for a free, as we've seen yeah. um, on a few different occasions where you think, why is that player going there? And then they go back for, you know, sort of like, I'll take money from this club to that club, but it's all from the same club. The same yeah. owner, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's problematic, but at the end of the day, there's not that many groups that can do that. So yeah, good so already, already, already there's a benefit where there's less clubs that, that that's happening to. Um, but even then... That's still a better situation because oh, if, yeah. if that means that Melbourne City get an extremely talented individual for uh, two seasons when they wouldn't normally, then that's possibly, I don't want to say net gain, but like that's, that's a good thing for those clubs. Yeah, uh, and absolutely. So, and it gives a player yeah. a development opportunity that they didn't have any other way. Um, yeah. Now, to look at the, the top end of the league, um, starting with the, the current champions, um, do you think they're they're going to do the same again? I mean, consistency yeah. was the key for them last year, um, and you know Liverpool weren't as consistent. So, well, that being said, they won. Yeah, you know, they were undefeated in nineteen games. Yeah. in twenty twenty two, they. they from the 1st of January to the yeah. end of the season, they didn't lose a game. No, I mean, no. that's consistent. I'd, oh yeah, I take West Brom taking that one. Yeah. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see and see what I mean. Like, it's really toss the coin for prediction for who's going to win. Yep. Um, yeah, you, you know, I feel you've just got to tip City whilst they're winning it until they stop winning it. <laughs> but also, equally, um, Jurgen Klopp has shown that he is most effective as a manager when he's coaching a team that kind of feels hard done by, feels a little bit aggrieved about something, and you know, yeah. them going from you know, are we going to win the quintuple or whatever it was to we're just winning the League Cup and the FA Cup. And the way that they absolutely battered Real Madrid and still managed to lose in yeah. that Champions League final, mm. and they're not the reigning champions, I think that you know could that provide enough of a carrot um, and enough of a you know that sort of currency that Jurgen Klopp seems to deal with. But equally, um, you know, Mane um, leaving. Yes, they have Nunez and Cavallo now, but like you know, how much of an impact is Mane going to have? Which is interesting. Yeah. There was a little bit of angst, though, in that squad between uh, Mane and Salah, and, and yeah. maybe that's part losing that part of 
the unrest in the team yeah. may help gel the, everybody together. You know, you just get a little bit of unrest in the team and then divisions start. Um, and if you're more united without one or two of the poison yeah, it's, it's it's interesting you picked those two yeah. players there because both of them wanted to be African Player of the Year. Yeah. You can only have one African Player of the Year Absolutely. per year. Yeah, yeah. And he got the move to Bayern Munich. Yeah. So maybe that uh, that unrest disappears. Yeah. Yeah, I think also what's um, the biggest factor this season is just going to be the World Cup in the middle of the year. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah, yeah. like Salah's not going to that. Holland's not going to that. Mares isn't going to that. Yeah. Um, they get a month to sort of train and recover because I think last season, and this really affected the title race when um, Salah came back from the Afcon yeah. and you know they got to the final. He'd lost. He was very. He looked very tired. He looked a bit emotionally shattered. So mm. it's just that that and that affected his game. Um, yeah. Whereas you know if you don't have that this year, um, and instead he's training and he, you know he could be fit and recovered for the whole season and fresh. Yep. Um, um, but also. The, in terms of the, the title race as well, and then that, I mean, I know, Sean, you're going to laugh at me for using this team in the title mm-hmm. race conversation, but like Tottenham are going to have yeah, yeah. Kane, Son, and Richarlison playing basically every game and then going to the World Cup and playing basically every game at the World Cup as well. So I think that could throw them off any realistic attempts at anything greater there because they're just going to be overworked, I feel, throughout the course of the whole season. Oh, I do hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, and last thing, Chelsea. Um, yep. signed you know, everybody. They've, they've signed everybody. They, they've, they've managed to get their man in Raheem. Um, your thoughts on them? Um, I've, apparently, the, the rumour is going out now that um, Barcelona haven't been able to, regi- able to register. No, they're not. No. But, until they... Um, until they sell more players. So if, if he isn't registered for the first, you know, the yeah. window closes, I hope someone at Chelsea sends this, like, laughing emoji or something to him. Yeah. Yeah. Just, but, you, but know, you, you know, you knew what was happening when you signed there. But, yeah, no, on a serious note, though, um, Chelsea, yeah, it, it's one of those ones where it could really go anyway. Like, you could see them coming together. They've still got a really good squad. Mm. Um, and so you could see them turning up trees. And they were amazing last season until Reese James and... Mm. Um, Chilwell both got injured at the same time because yeah. a lot of their game was gone through the wing backs, and so yeah, if they stay fit the whole season, maybe. But, but there's also enough kind of bubbling away ideas there um, that you know Mason Mount needs a new contract, and yeah. he's not getting paid significantly less than a lot of other players at the club, even though he's one of the best. Yeah, they still don't have they still haven't replenished their um, defensive midfield or central defending, um, you know players, availabilities. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, and they usually have these cycles where they are amazing for two and a half years. And, and, and really one, bottom, like, really one, bottom out. One last thing kind of before we now. go. One last thing before we do go, and it's not EPL related. Barcelona, they've got this issue now where they want to reduce player payments and, yep. and give them new contracts <laughs> and reduced money. They're, they're reputedly chasing Alexander-Arnold. Yep. Um, and when you look at how much they're paying their players, how do they even survive as a club? Because uh, they were the first club just before COVID to generate a billion um, euros in revenue, yeah. a billion dollars, one of them. So they, they generate a, a ridiculous amount of money, which is how they, they go. But I, what baffles me is the players that are pushing to go there after everything that's happened, mm. yeah. after Frankie de Jong still being owed $17 million and then watching... Yeah all these players come through for hundreds of millions, how players still go, yeah, yeah I'll sign up for that. Like, yeah. it, just, it baffles me how Hafinha's turning down 
a guaranteed ticket at Chelsea for, um, for you know, I might not be able to play for six months. Yeah. You know, the fact that Barca are trying to get out of the Champions League and create the Super League, yeah. <laughs> and at the same time, they ask UEFA if they can use the Champions League revenue they're going to be getting as um, <laughs> collateral for loans. Yeah, and, I, and then they asked Leeds, that, oh, you know, we bought Rafinha off you, but can we just not pay you until <laughs> he, he is able to be registered? I know, <laughs> mental, isn't it? West Brom was still owed money for Louis Barry, and that, that's only like 300000 and, and, and Barcelona were going, we don't have the money. You don't have All right, Derek, you, you this, this, is another, this is another thread <laughs> I shouldn't have lit, but there we go. Yep. Um, look, thank you very much for your time. I'm sure we'll be talking you again bet. about the... Um, English and European football with you. Um, great to have you back on and, and yeah. firing. And yeah, your predictions, yeah, I look forward to hammering you with those, except for the Tottenham one. I hope that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you, guys. Good on you. Thanks, Derek. And yeah, have a good day. Yeah, thanks, mate. I'll give you the uh, EPL league as it stands at the moment. Yep. Arsenal top. <laughs> Crystal Palace bottom. They started on top anyway, didn't they, Arsenal? Yeah, as well, yeah, no, but, but now this game's going, so it's not Africa yeah, Gordon okay. out. Now there's only there's two teams in the league at, at the moment. Arsenal uh, first and Crystal Palace are 20th. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> okay, <laughs> change we're, overnight. <laughs> we're going to go to a break and we'll be back after these with Greg Farrell and the World of Futsal. Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 92586822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au. Station sponsor. The World Football Program is a community program run by volunteers. Just like our host station, Radio Fremantle, applies for government grants and sponsorships from year to year to keep us on air. Your support by way of station membership or donation is greatly valued. Contact Radio Fremantle weekdays 94942100 for information on how to become a member or to donate to the station. Thanks for your support. Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. Okay, and we're back in the room now. I'll get, I guess, very quickly because I know he's in between two very important events. So we really appreciate him giving up the time to talk to us. Greg, good morning. How are you? Oh, uh, he's done it again. Greg, Greg Farrell, good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, mate. Um, <laughs> Massive morning for you. You're in between two lots of state trials. Do you want to talk about that first? Yeah, yeah. We had our under 9s, 10s, 11s, 12s, uh, I think 13 and 14 boys already this morning and we're up to the, the 15s and 16s that are happening right now. Good. And as, as we speak, the 12, 13 and 14-year-old girls are rolling in for the next, next lot of trials. Marvellous. I really appreciate you giving up your time. Um, now, during the week, I read something that I, I can't believe hasn't got any bigger than it, it has, and that is Zoe Spadano, who has signed a pro contract with Kickoff C5 for Meal. Yeah, so um, Zoe, Zoe started playing football with us when she was 12 in uh, 2015. She was part of a, an intake um, 
a first group of a junior academy that we started, and uh, she's progressed up through the ranks. She played um, up through the different national championships levels from the juniors to the youth, and I think she was the vice captain of the state women's team the last time we were able to travel interstate back in 2020. Um, and before that, even back in sort of 2018, 2019, her and a couple of the girls had been being looked at um, for potential contracts with, with Spanish clubs. Um, but obviously then COVID reared its ugly head and put all of those things on the back burner. Um, but now that everything's opened up, yeah, she's um, heading over to Italy. Uh, she actually leaves next week. Yeah. In world terms, though, how big is that? I mean, I, I, I haven't really heard of too many Australians going to play professional futsal in Europe and then mm. again, not too many females going to play professional football in, in Europe. But the key to me is this is an Australian who is going to go over and play professionally as a footballer. It's just a massive, massive thing. It is, yeah. It, it's a terrific step. And uh, unfortunately, it, it's actually definitely not common enough um there are quite a few players in in wa and uh, obviously then even more so who could play professionally in europe if they had either the the wherewithal or the the contacts to get them there um but it, it's just uh i guess we're, we're still in in the wild west where people don't recognize the potential that we have here and when people go to Europe and they're being looked at, the, the clubs and, and coaches over there sort of look at us weirdly and are like, you're Australian? You're, you're very good for an Australian. Mm. But there's, it, that's not an isolated thing. Like there, there would be 20 or 30 Australian men who could go and play in one of the top two Spanish divisions. Yeah. And there would, be, there would be more women who could go and play in the top Spanish division. So... It's, it's a matter of getting people the opportunity and having them have the knowledge that they are actually good enough to do it. And on a personal note, how does that feel yeah. for you? Because you, you were, were Zoe's first first coach, so you're, you're the person that lit that fuse and, and then fostered that fire. So uh, you must feel immense pride yourself. Oh, yeah, of course. And she she's one of those people who... Even back when, when she was first starting at, at 12 and 13, you could see that she had passion, she had desire. Um, I've done external sessions with her and a couple of other players, and she's one of those people who was always wanting to do more, always wanting to improve. Um, she's a nice kid, and she's still, still friends with the, a group of, of those players who who first came through mm. um, seven or eight years ago. And, and they, they seem, seem to be a, a very nice bunch of kids still. They still invite me to Christmas parties. They don't buy me the best presents. <laughs> yeah, but you're a Queenslander, very, that happens. Yeah, well, that, that may be part of it. But they're, they're a really nice group, so yeah. it certainly, certainly makes you proud. And, and I'm actually going to be in Spain next month for the Women's World Cup and I'm going to then go across to Italy to have a look. Um, wow. Catch up with her and 
hopefully see some training sessions and potentially a game. Now we talk about coaches, the other coaches that had an influence, obviously Annie Leyland, um, who's your partner, and um, Comrade McKelvey. So she's had some really good coaching along the way. Um, it just shows the strength of, of the, the, the game in, in this country or in this state. Yeah, we and we are in a very good place. Like there's there's lots of good opportunities now. Certainly, a lot more opportunity than what there was going back ten or fifteen or twenty years. Um, there's been lots of hard work along the road, but there are good people everywhere, and we just have to try and get them involved and foster them and help educate them and develop them. And that's from a coaching perspective as well. Yeah. Yep. Now, other than the, the state trials, what else is there going on in the world of futsal at the moment? So there's always the, the social futsal happening, um, Mount Lawley Futsal Club and then West Perth Futsal Club in Netherlands. Yeah. Um, so we've got men's, women's and, and social mixed competitions at those venues. And then, of course, we've got the, the elite competitions, the Super League, which are starting to head towards the, the finals of the, the winter season. Okay. And then switching to your other role as the, the coach at Subiaco, um, I noticed that you've, you've picked up a handy player in Lisa Devanna. Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's she like to coach? Yeah, yeah well, um, she's well, obviously one of the best players Australia's ever produced. Yeah. So, um, she's been a really good addition to Subiaco with her, her knowledge and her understanding and it, it, it's been like that with the first team group as well. Yeah. Same with um, Ella Mastantonio mm. and yeah. Mariana Spain. Like they're, one of the big things that I think we lacked earlier in the season when I, I came in I said we're not going to play rubbish football. Yeah. We're going to pass the ball around. If we lose games because of it so be it. The, the biggest issue was that we weren't scoring goals. We weren't converting mm. chances that we were creating. And then we'd concede a, a goal that was a little bit scrappy, but it would have a huge negative impact because we hadn't had an impact at the other end that we yeah. could have. Yeah. So now with players like Mariana and Lisa scoring goals, <laughs> it's sort, of, it, it sort of just then... like The chances that weren't being converted now are, yeah. and then the back four and the goalkeeper... And not under as much pressure, but we also then have added Ella as well in the middle. Yeah, Mel Shepard's playing very well in the middle, so there's a little bit more of a a strength there in the spine now, which we were lacking a little bit at the start of the season. As soon as we concede a goal, it was difficult because we were still trying to play, still making technical mistakes while we were trying to play, yeah. and we didn't have the goals behind us. Now... From a, a coaching perspective, obviously they're, they're very well accomplished footballers and, and people would learn from playing alongside them and their skills mm. in training. But I've found when you've got players of that ilk, the other things that you'd never even factored in was their professional mindset. These people turn up early for training, they yep. stay on afterwards, they do all the good things and it's not just the the football stuff, it's the character stuff, you know, that they're not above making sure that they're 
you know, they, they clean the area they're in, if not the whole change room. But, you know, yeah. they, they just set standards uh, of expe- expectations that then go through your squad. You know, I remember we had Johnny Perkins come over and um, play for us in goal. His warm-up was more than I'd seen most keepers doing <laughs> in the whole game, you know. Uh, and you, they just bring on, on that sort of level of, of difference and their preparation yep. for a game, their mindset, all of those things. And, and they're infectious within the squad. Well, yeah, and that's certainly like the apart from the the benefits. <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, on yeah. the field, which are clearly evident. Like you say, we after the game last weekend, um, the three of them were in in the clubhouse afterwards, having dinner with everybody. Yeah. Like we've been putting dinner on at Subiaco after games for the opposition team and the referees and stuff. Yeah. and they were in there having a having some dinner and having a chat and a giggle with all the girls. So. There is all of those benefits, that, and obviously as a coach, you're asking for specific things to be done, and when you've got talented individuals, they, they understand that stuff, and they can then help the other players with it on the field, but it's also then really nice to see the engagement off the yeah. field. Yeah, look, and given that they've all been, you know, played at the highest level, yeah. played for the country, um, it's nice that they, they stand there and they listen to the coach yeah. and they, they do the drill as required and, you know, bring other people in. It's, it's just that discipline stuff that you, you don't normally get exposed to. No, well, and that's, that's certainly another, um, another point for the whole MPL, really, yeah. is that more players like this, the more players like this that we can get back into the competition, the better the competition is going to keep becoming. Yeah. Um, like I said, for, for us, for Subiaco this season, if if we hadn't had those three players come in, do we win the two games against Belcada? Maybe, maybe not. Um, but it was certainly a, a different um, level of football that was going on. So regardless of the actual result, they're helping with the players' development that are in the league. They're making the league stronger. And then, with, like I said, with the the whole league, they're then going to improve the the look of it, the feel of it, and hopefully we can attract some more players. Absolutely. And I think, look, we're headed in the right direction. Um, We were talking this morning about the... um, the young Matildas went over to the under-20s World Cup who played um, Colombia last night and won 3-2. And, you know, two WA girls in there, in Miranda Templeman and Hannah Lowry. Hannah's been a star in that side. Um, and it's, it's a very achievable goal for, for women that want to, you know, dedicate and push themselves in that direction. Yeah, most certainly. And I think that this sort of last three or four months has been the most active I've seen in football in Australia and futsal mm. in probably the last 10 years. Like There's been the under-18 women's team, the, I guess the junior Matildas, the under-20s, yeah. the young That's Matildas. Right. Yep. Then there's the, I think it's the young Socceroos or like the under-20s. Yeah. I think the Joey's coach, the under-17s, has just been named... And they're preparing for a tournament. There's uh, football competitions and, and teams going lots of different places. Like it's, I think we're at a point where everyone's like, all right, well, we need to make up for the lost two and a bit years that we've just had. So let's make sure everybody's got something to do. Yeah, yeah, but I think also with this, we we've got 
a polar opposites really we've got the the women's game really healthy and doing yeah. really well and those young teams are, are certainly showing the way with you know the 16s winning the um AFF championship so there's there's lots of things going on well there and then you've got the the boys competition or the men's competition which seems to be struggling to develop players at that level and you know I can't help but think one is MPL based and the other one isn't so at the moment the the girls don't have that MPL structure and that MPL product to work to um, and they're reliant on people like yourself who are just good coaches and then you've got this MPL model which is very strictly regulated and, and seems to be around a lot around money but you know there's I just see that the two d- development streams going different ways. Yeah, well, and one of the big one of the big arguments when the MPL was being discussed years and years ago was the the cost that would be involved yeah. and the fact that it was meant to be replacing the old representative system where players would train twice a week for their clubs, train once a week for their regional representative team, yeah. and then go away to the state TIS and and play and then be selected for the state team go away to the national mm. talent identification series, whereas the MPL, the justification was rather than have those players just train together once a week and then go to a, a five-day tournament, we're going to have them play together every week. But that was when the idea was based on it being regional, and in Queensland there was like 10 or 12 regions, whereas over here you've got 20-something MPL teams in New South Wales and Victoria now there's NPL two and NPL three, and yeah. every everybody's got NPL so that they're charging kids two grand. And so the Sam Kerrs and the Tim Cahills, whose mum and dad can't afford that, are potentially not being identified. And so we've got a whole generation of kids <laughs> who understand how to do a passing circuit because <laughs> that's what they've they've done for eight weeks in training. But if you ask them how to play a specific position or to do a specific role that's not from a four three three curriculum book, yep. they look at you like you're speaking a different language. Yeah, that's or to dig your heels yeah. in and grind out a result. Yeah, yeah. With these players, and you see it. You see it with these players that are coming through the system at yeah. the moment. They have absolutely no resilience. In exactly them. what Gerhard yeah. was saying earlier on yeah. about a football education. You, yeah. Yeah. you, you can. And flair. I mean, the, the thing is, you know, and I saw um, Neymar doing a rainbow kick over someone. He got a yellow card for doing it. Was he falling over, was he? Or? No. He, 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 <laughs> yeah, he did a rainbow kick. He had two I players got, in front of got, him. I think he got a yellow card for what happened next. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Go, well, no, because I don't know what happened. I think the, the referee chastised him for doing a rainbow kick. What, what's that? They were in the rule book. They say you can't do that. It's, it's a little bit of flair and, you know, it's what we, you know, we come and watch that, the beautiful game because we have players like that that can do stuff but, like that. But, and Messi uh, can do magic, you know. Um, but the, the NPL doesn't allow for that because you've got to play within this very strict structure. But no one can grab the game. You know, you're 1-0 down in a, in a semi-final yeah. and you can't just grab the, grab the game as a centre-half and go, no, we're going to win today mm. and do whatever, it, whatever you need to do to get the result, right? Yeah. We just don't see that. Yeah, well, to, to go back to the, the women's Euros, when England were playing Spain, I mean, Spain were, were red-hot favourites mm. and, and you could just see the English 
back line going, not today. Not yeah. today. <laughs> not today. Yeah. It's, it's not and happening do whatever today. it takes. But going back yeah. to your centre-half scenario, I, I know of kids that play at centre-half who will run out with the ball, they'll, they'll break free from a corner or something like that, they'll get to the halfway line and they stop looking for someone to yeah. pass to because yeah. I'm not allowed to cross the halfway line. Yeah. Yeah. They, they should be able yeah. to run as far as they can with the ball. Now I'm over the halfway line, well, I'm now yeah. a midfielder yeah. or a striker and I've got to play accordingly. And then when I'm one-on-one with a goalkeeper, I'm going to go around him and slot it. Not I'm going to look for someone else who can, can you know, who's a striker because that's his job. This is not netball. No. Yeah. <laughs> Rant over. No, well, and, and that's that sort of ability to give players freedom and yeah. and have creativity is uh, something that I don't think enough coaches feel confident to do and to allow. But, but in futsal... In futsal, <laughs> you can have as much freestyle as you like. Uh, I've, I've got I've got players at Subiaco now who are playing passes across the six yard box and doing dummies Oof. and leave, leaving the ball for the next person. And it's there's a, a translation from one to the other, but there's also knowing that the coach has got confidence in you to make decisions, and if you get it wrong. We'll move on, and you'll get it right next time. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Look, I think that's it's to be encouraged, and that's I think coaching. creativity is yeah. part of it. And yeah. yes, you shouldn't do. You know, the, the, all the textbooks will tell you you do not let a ball run in the in the box. <laughs> but if you've got two people closing you down, and if you step over the ball and it gives the goalkeeper a chance to clear it in a different direction, why wouldn't you do that? That's right. But you've all got to have confidence in where you're placed and, and the, the communication between the players to do that. But it's it's that kind of stuff that makes the game enjoyable to watch. Yeah. And I would also posit that whoever wrote that textbook you're looking at was probably English <laughs> and was probably from the 80s. Well, no. And his mum and, and his mum and dad was yelling at him yes. not to muck around with the ball back there. Yeah, long ball. Get out of there. It, not to pass it across the goal. <laughs> You, you say you say that, but when, when I look at I look at the, the 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 national landscape, and not since Rob Sherman was there, we had a, a national TD that's actually done anything. We've still got this Belgian Dutch model that was around for for the last ten years, and no one's touched it because that's what the MPL is. And everyone goes, "Oh, we can't change it." Let, let's let's forget about a Dutch or a Belgian model or a German model. Let's develop an Australian model that yeah. works for. Have we replaced Rob Sherman? Honestly, have yeah. we replaced Rob Sherman? No. I've heard nothing. No. I've not well, heard a I single that's thing. What, that's what Ernie Merrick is now in, in the role to do, isn't it? Is it Ernie Merrick now, is it? I think I did see yeah, that actually he, recently, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's just been appointed last week, I believe. Right. Well, that's not the worst appointment we've ever seen. I mean, Ernie's gone through a variety of different TD roles mm. in a variety of different places. And yeah. Yeah, his record speaks for itself. Point so is, let, someone, let, let, sitting, someone has been sitting in the chair for the last two what, years what, and done nothing. Though. What, that's the thing. What I'd like to see, though, <laughs> is someone call. take those English, German, Dutch, Belgian manuals, bin them and come up with a completely Australian model because we are very different and we embrace all of the yeah. things that we've got. You know, you, you've got the flair of the Italians. We've, we've got the... The robotic of the German, we've got the the strength game of the English, we've the got the predictability of the South Americans. Yeah, and it's yeah. all it's all here. Yeah, you know, it's and that's what makes our game so good is that we're able to switch between and, and should be able to encourage yeah. that within yeah. it. Yeah, you know, a backline full of English and Scots is not a bad thing. A midfield <laughs> full of Brazilians, you know, yeah. a couple of flair strikers up there up front from Italy or Croatia or whatever, you know. Yeah, and not get <laughs> not getting a thirty-seven-year-old uh, ex-Uruguayan. Exactly. Yeah. 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 
Uh, no, we, love Bruno. We, we love Bruno. There's no, I'm not having to go at Bruno. No, but Bruno's an Aussie. But, Bruno's but, an Aussie now. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. Oh, I, this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> Surely there, there is a young up-and-coming flair striker who's Australian uh, that oh, well, that's well, well, taking that role. We'll soon scrub that out of him. Don't you worry about uh, that. Well, okay. there's, a, there, there's one who's currently playing for Western United who was a, a football player all through his junior and youth years, Dylan Wendell-Hall. Yeah, Wenzel Hall, exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping. I'm hoping at some point soon he's going to get a look in with the Socceroos because yeah, he he's an extremely hardworking kid, very down to earth, lovely family, has has always always had a an extra level to go to, and I still think yeah. he's got the potential that he could end up there. Is there just a, needs to get the opportunity? Greg, do you think there's a reason why he's been overlooked? Well, uh, he's still relatively new at that level. Yeah. Like, this, this is his third season at that level. Um, so I, I would suggest but he, I mean, he's, also not, he's also not big. Yeah, and I know that there's that sort of bias towards... Yeah, that's what's wrong with the game. ...strong players, whereas... Does it fit into the system? If you were to put him up against another 50 players, he would be one of the most intelligent at finding and creating space Football and education, his mo- mm. and his movement inside the final third is just ridiculous. Yeah, but on that on that basis and on that rules, Michael Owen and Kevin Keegan would never have got a run, you know. Yeah, and, and that's exactly <laughs> the issue that we're still trying to correct yeah. over here. Yeah, Lionel Messi better than us. And like Lionel yeah, Messi is what, was what five, five foot eight, five foot nine. Yeah. Oh, he's too small to play. Can't turn it up. Best best player in the world. Well, Paul Stoles was Paul, another one. Yeah, There's that that classic thing that. Fergie said at 13 or 14, he was a wheezy little guy who always had his asthma puffer. Yeah. And most of the club wanted to get rid of him. And he said, no, no. And at 17, he hit his straps. Yep. Mm. Yep. yep. Ryan, he said similar things about yeah. Ryan Giggs as well. You know, this little Welsh guy is going to amount to nothing. And, and Ferguson said, no, no, no. <laughs> this guy's going to be world class. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he was. And he was. All right, Greg, I know yeah. you've got the, the rest of the state trials to get into, so uh, thank you for, for being on and, and doing what you do in all avenues of the game, whether it's on the big pitch or the little pitch. You're doing a great job yep. and uh, really look a heartfelt well done for your involvement in developing another professional player in Zoe. No, gentlemen, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. Cheers, Cheers mate. See ya. See you guys. Bye. Ta-da, Bye. mate. And in results from last week's NPLW, Murdoch University 2, Hyundai NTC Women 0. That was on a Friday. Perth Soccer Club 10, Curtin Uni 2. That was on a Saturday. Uh, Perth Red Star 4, Fremantle City 0. And Subiaco, Greg's team 3, Balcatta 1. The table at the moment has Perth Red Star installed as champions. 16 games, 46 points. Perth Soccer Club second, 17 games, but 30 points. And Fremantle Football Club, 18 games and 28 points. So right. well done to Perth Red Star. Absolutely. Congratulations uh, that, That's to the League and Cup double. Yes, it is. Um, no, they've done very so well. They've done extremely yeah. well. It'd be nice to see someone else challenging, though. Well, I mean, Mum were doing it last mum, year. So. Uh, yeah, well, look, hopefully Mum and Subi and that, because yep. it, you know, it makes for a better comp. Well, again, yeah. yeah. All right, so uh, men's NPL. NPL, men's, let me get that. Thank you very much. Uh, so fixtures for today, Perth Glory play Sorrento at uh, Crazy Domain. Gwellup Croatia play Armadale at Croatian Sports Club. Perth Soccer Club will play Coburn City. 
Bayswater City will play Stirling Macedonia at Frank Drago. Inglewood will play Floriot at Inglewood Stadium. And Perth Red Star will play Balcatta. And uh, do you want results or just the... Uh, no, ladder? just those will do for the moment. Yeah, so the Lattice has Floriot top of the table, 37 points. One point clear of Red Star, so they could do the women and men's NPL double. Yeah. And at the other end of the table, Balcatta finally off the uh, foot of the table, 17 games, 7 points, and Guelup, unfortunately, have slipped down to bottom position, 12th, mm. with 6 points after 18 games. And Division 1? Division 1, yes, I can. Division 1, we've got uh, Division 1. Results from last week. Unfortunately, I don't have a result for Forestfield versus Fremantle. I, I can't uh, can't seem to find that, that one. That might have been washed out. Might have been washed out, yeah. Well, there was a few. You were saying that. Uh, rain, a, a lot of rain affected last um, week, yeah. Mandra City 4, Subiaco 2, Olympic Kingsway 2, Western Knights 1, Rockingham City 1, Joondup United 0, UWA Netherlands 4, Quinns FC 1, Mum FC 3 and Dianella 0. Today's fixtures have Forestfield playing Rockingham at Crazy Domain. So that could be... No, no, that's still... No, that's the uh, washed out game from... Uh, mm. From no, no, that's today. Sorry, okay. June, June United will play UWA Netherlands. Queens will play Mandurah. Western Knights will play Fremantle. Subiaco will play Mum, and Dianella will play Kingsway. With the table having Kingsway top of the table, seventeen games, forty three points. The Knights uh, second on thirty seven points with the same amount of games, and at the other end of the table, Queens. 16 games, 11 points, and 12th position is UWA Netherlands. 17 games, 10 points. Mm. All to play for in that All league. All to play so, for in that league. Yeah. Both the favourites looking to be Olympic Kingsway going back into Glory and Forest were both at home, or are Glory playing tomorrow? Uh, Glory, uh, let me, that's a good question. So no, for, Glory, Glory were playing Sorrento. And I th- no, no, that, that had that crazy I thought, oh, oh, okay. Oh, uh, crazy, crazy yeah, that's a good yeah. question. So it has Forestfield listed today at Crazy Domain for a three o'clock kickoff. And I'll just bring up that other one for uh, the Premier League, which has... No, yeah, so Perth played last night. Yeah, they played oh, last, they night. last night. Sorry. Got, I think they got touched up in that yep, one. By Sorrento. Yep, yep sorry. That, uh, that's a good question, yeah. Okay. Well picked up, Phil. Yeah, no, he's... Uh, <laughs> he's on top of everything. Listen. He was... Oh, yeah, he's listening. He's quite... Uh, he was completely disinterested when we talk about yeah. the EPL. And we're, we're going to now talk to him about one of his favourite subjects, which yeah. is the festival of football, Phil. You you have... Whilst everyone else has been going about how great it was and how good it was to have mm. teams from the EPL over here, you have a completely different I view. Have a, I have what turns out to be quite a controversial view, Go actually, on um, the EPL. And it's, so, and it's... Look, I mean, I don't have an EPL team, so it's probably easy for me to say this, mm. right? Um, but I was actually reading a report this can I week. Tell you, can I just also say, Hugh doesn't have an EPL team either. You uh, mongrel. Oh, that's <laughs> whack. Well, we're in good company. Yeah, we're yeah, in good that's company. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, that's all right. Don't worry. Well, yeah. I remember when West Ham were rubbish as just, well. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, my team, my team's in the na- National League, so I'm going to keep really quiet. Who's that? Southend United. They're, they're, oh, no, no. Oh, that's been a tragic but, but story. But also, in breaking news, they, they named their team, oh, their, the, one, of, terrible, one of their stands, yeah. as the um, Reginald and, and Rose, Rose, Rose West, West Stadium. Stand. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's that bad. Wow. <laughs> it, yeah, it it's astounding. Nation- it's made international news that they've, they've named their stadium after Rose, Rose West. West. Yeah. Accidentally. It's gone from bad to worse. As <laughs> but anyway, but we, anyway digress. So we digress. We digress. Yeah. So look, I mean, and it is controversial, but I, I read a report in the BBC this week. Right. Okay. And it t- was talking about why there's this massive expansion. This is BBC mm-hmm. UK, right? Yeah. Okay. This massive expansion into Asia from the EPL teams. And I yep. can tell you now, because they, they interview the coaches, the Klopp in particular, yep. is sitting there saying, would I rather be in Austria playing two games and training every night? Or would I like to be in Singapore and Australia and he would much rather be in Austria the reason these clubs are out here is because of TV revenue yeah that's right okay and it's the only reason now Man United in this same article they were talking about how their revenue is down 50 to 60 million dollars US this year yep they are basically being told by the EPL that we need you guys out in Asia where these eyeballs to generate this football revenue. Australia is the fastest growing TV revenue for the EPL in the world, as is China, as is Singapore, as is Thailand. All of these countries are basically a revenue driver for what is going on I in, found, in the EPL. I think I found in, that report. In the EPL. I, I did send it cool, to you, Hugh. Cool. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, yeah, it's good. Like, I'm going to so find the, it that way. Yeah. Uh, 1. Like, so 1.4 billion between this yep. season and 2025 to be generated by Asian TV revenue. Absolutely. Mm. Unbelievable. Now, now, these clubs are not here no. to develop the game here. No. Okay? Now, if, if you're a Liverpool fan yep. or a Man U fan or a West Ham fan mm-hmm. or a Crystal Palace fan, and I know yeah. plenty of them. I do, yeah. yeah. Okay? You're, when these teams arrive here in Perth or Melbourne or Sydney or mm-hmm. Townsville, mm-hmm. okay, it's going to be the greatest day of your football life, yep. right? To be able to see these teams play here in Australia is amazing. But what value are they doing? Now, Stevie G, seems he, he was quote being quoted while he was here. There are two or three million Aston Villa fans. It shocked me. There's not okay. two or three million in England. The, I, I, I wouldn't have thought so, but, but here's an interesting fact, okay? If, and, and I think what this is, this is mentioned in this article as well. It's CRM, right? Customer yeah. Relationship Management. I'm looking at it. Okay? This is what it's about. It's about getting your attention away from Perth Glory, Melbourne Victory, Central Coast Mariners, yep. and having you wear your Man United shirt or your Liverpool shirt or yep. your Crystal Palace shirt. Right, it's about money. It's yeah. about us diverting our attention. Well, you away look at the, from the relationship now between Liverpool and a well-known clothing store in in this country that are now selling the Liverpool range. Absolutely. Yeah. Now this is, and this is back to everything that we've been talking about: youth yeah. development. The, and look, the A League is. It, I, I don't think there's three million people that watched the A League, went into stadiums last yeah. year. Bought a ticket, so, sat on a seat. So what you're saying is that whilst these things, yeah. as a spec- yeah, right. as a spectacle and as a TV spectacle, yeah. what they're actually doing is sucking money out of the grassroots, attention, love, and attention, and, attention. and love, yeah, all of that out yeah. of our local game. Yeah. And then we we hear it quite often that you know I, I go I would go watch the Glory, but it's not like watching Man U or Correct. Liverpool. Yep. And and people don't invest in the local game yep. and then every other avenue of the game sucks because it's not EPL. Yeah. And these EPL teams do great things, okay? My kids wanted to go to the the Festival of Football Games. Yep. Now 
we didn't go, not because I'm a horrible father and I want to perpetuate my viewpoint. Yeah. It just didn't work out that way, right? Yep. But they, all their friends did. Yeah. Okay? Now those, my kids now are saying, I don't want my glory shirt. I want my I want a palace shirt. Yep. I want a Leeds yep. shirt. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's the, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I've actually watched it in my own children, their attentions. And we're talking about kids here that only thought the glory existed. Yeah. Right? Now aren't interested at all yeah. in the A League and are only yeah. interested in what's going on. What's this? What's this EPL thing yeah. that I hear of? The, the point you're making there, Phil, it, it's the same cost for a glory shirt as it is for a an EPL shirt. And it, yeah. and you think, wait a minute, yeah. how, how are you going to promote your brand if you're competing uh, against such? And a I feel sorry for A League clubs. Okay, yeah. so A League clubs are running these fantastic gourmet burger joints. Yep. All right, and McDonald's are set up right next door. Yep. And gone, here we are, we're cheaper, we're better, yep. you can watch the best of the best. Yep, yep. No, and alley no. clubs can't compete. Nope. And I think we should be turning these clubs away at a frantic level. We need to do it for the, for the, to, 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 to secure well, the future done a of great, our game. They've yeah. done a great con job on the national body and, and also Absolutely. our yeah. government. Yeah. And, but it's know, worse than this, okay? People like McGowan go, the revenue that they can drive for our economy... Mm-hmm. And this is, but this is about. So, so they do drive the economy. Yeah, mm. they do a hunt. I mean, MCG could be filled three times over. Yeah. with Liverpool versus Man U. Oh, yeah. yeah, don't be shocked. Right, they had the league shocked. game. Yeah. If they think about bringing a league game to Melbourne, it could happen. Well, yeah. because a, it's about money. Yeah, there's right? been an expansion idea from the EPL because they are separate from the Football Association about right. making the 39th game worldwide. You uh-huh. will not play your 39th game. Yeah. In England. You mm. pick where you want to go. Don't be surprised when you that happens. You pick where you want to go and you can charge whatever you like. Yep. Now, I've had a look. The uh, The cheapest ticket for Manchester United versus Liverpool in Singapore, the cheapest ticket was $107. Mm. Cheapest. Mm-hmm. You're in the nosebleed section. I've been to that national stadium in Singapore yeah. and the nosebleed section, you need a ladder to get down. And I was your mask. There's, an, am- <laughs> yeah, there's exactly. an amazing quote from one of those Singapore Liverpool fans. Okay. Oh, that's the one it started with. Okay. Yeah. It starts with that quote. And yeah. the quote is, I don't have a God. Yeah. I don't have a local football no, club. I, I have Liverpool FC. And it's a way of life for me. Uh-huh. Born in Singapore, 11,000 kilometres away, and he's from been waiting Anfield. since 2011 for his team, his team, to visit yeah. his yep. city. But from you're that statement... You're, you're Singaporean. What, uh-huh. what is his, his investment in local football? Zero. In yep. fact, it's, it's, no, it's actually a minus factor. But here's another thing, yeah. okay? So these EPL club, these EPL teams come here yep. and the first thing you see them doing on TV is kicking a Sharon. Well, now... now he, why do they do that? He got, an, yeah. uh, he got a backside kicking for but that the FA, But the FA yeah. have said no more, right? Yeah. But the EPL don't care. Yeah, we had... Um, okay. They, yeah. And they really don't. They're here, Marcus Rashford, yeah, to progress yeah. themselves on that in that in that, and they would definitely yeah. would want to take eyeballs away from. No, when Penny had Simon Hill on, he, yeah. he said that uh, that was, yeah, first and only because yeah, we we yeah. are funding them to come here. Yeah, mm. so I want to be clear. One thing I want to be clear because, because this is a controversial issue. viewpoint. I yeah, know but, that. No, no. But having said right. that, we from what Phil's or Phil's viewpoint is, yeah. we are funding them to That's suck right. money out of our game. Right. We're yeah. actually encouraging exactly them to come Simon here, rob, yep. rob the money that yep. will support Perth, yep. Brisbane, Gold Coast, um, anyone. Um, if, if, now if those teams are coming here yep. to play Sydney United, they pay us. Perth, they can't pay us. Yeah. 
they can't pay us by. And I know that Villa did do this. Villa did go out into the community. They did, they did host some training programs yes, and credit did. to them. That's a fantastic thing. And doing that evangelical thing, yep. right, to spread the gospel. Fantastic. Yep. However, but, but they were spreading, he was spreading United the Aston Villa gospel, program. though. That's right. Yeah. That's what he's doing. Now, they should be told that you come here on one condition. You do X, Y, Z while yep. you're here. You do not touch a Sharon. You know, if you see, yeah. if you see, a ball that's not round. Stab it. Stab it, right? <laughs> like, like, quite literally. And you have these rules and protocols. And right. yes, you must play, but you're not playing, you're not having Liverpool versus Man U or Leeds versus Palace, okay? You're playing the local team yeah. or an A-leg team. Yep. And we develop the game that way. But also, uh, the damaging part of it for them is, and I know a lot of people, when they heard Manchester United were playing here, were clamouring to get tickets because Ronaldo was coming. Mm. And then all of a sudden, Ronaldo yeah. didn't come. Crystal Palace left several of their star players at home. So, again, whilst they're, they're doing this, they're not respecting us no. either. But, but we, we have the wall pulled over our eyes. We do. But yes. here's the other thing. The APL are actually scolding these clubs for not doing, for yeah. not bringing their key players yeah. over. So if you actually watch the news from the other side yeah. of the coin, they're, they're actually getting into trouble for not bringing their yeah, top sides over. Right. Yeah. Now, another thing I want to point out is that the kids that were taken to these games are getting to walk on Optus, they're getting yeah. to meet and greet yes, the players. Yep. It's amazing. I'm not, I don't want to take that away from these kids. It's an amazing experience and it would be thoroughly enjoyable and a, a positive thing. Right? Well, you, course, you were there when Word of Bremen came over. 100%. And, yeah. I got it myself. Didn't I make did, you a Word of Bremen didn't fan. Didn't make you a Word of Bremen fan. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but. Well, for good reason. But, but, but to be honest, it's a memory I will always have. Yep. And I will always hold it. And it's something close. Yep. Really close. And it's driven a lot of my love and passion for the game. However, I don't want to take any of that away from the, from, from the game or the players within it. But the issue we've got at the moment is our game is not. It's not that it's not growing. It's 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 in a it's in decline. It's in recession. Yep. Yeah. The A League is definitely in yep. recession. It's it's and this is a contributing factor. I, I think so because it's, well, it takes away the TV audience, mm -hmm. particularly if you're, you're if you're paying a subscription to watch the EPL. Are you going to pay a subscription service no to watch Not a the Glory or Western United or whoever? Well, that's yeah. what Paramount were hoping. And for, go and ask go and ask someone why you don't go to an A League game. Why don't you go watch the Glory? It'd be more, why do I watch that when I can go watch Serie A? I can't remember who the opposition was, but that uh, midweek that Wednesday game at uh, at the Glory at HBF when there was what maybe. 200, 300 people officially mm -hmm. listed as the attendance. I don't think it ever got broadcast because it would have been uh, embarrassing. And it was, I was one of them. Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, it was a cold, rainy night. It was, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and people are just going, nope. And yeah. that that cannot continue. It can't. It can't. So, I do, I, look, it's, it's – and I know it's, it is definitely controversial because everyone lo like, loves it and everyone yeah. loves football and everyone loves to watch the best. Yeah. Right? Yeah, but I'll, like, like I said to you, gentlemen, mm. uh, when I started – I, I, when I saw that it was Eintracht Frankfurt Bayern Munich, I set up my recorder. Mm. I wanted that's the, that's a game yeah. I want to see. Is yeah. it is it the best? Well, I think so. Yeah. You know, and and I haven't yet to see it, but the uh, the Copa America is, was on, uh, on the Friday morning. Is, I was at work, so I've recorded that. I'm looking forward to Estudio Antes versus um, uh, Flamengo. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. but but the thing is, you. We're all football tragics in that room. We in that way. tragic, if obviously. I, if I'm no, no, but but know, if I'm, I'm taking the dog for a walk and I'm out in my local park and there's an under 10, yeah, 11, 12, I'll, I'll stand there watch. and watch it. Absolutely. Because I love the game. But I, but I, I also have an EPL team, which yes. I would love to have them come out here. 
But you know, if they don't, they don't. And but I also, mm. I also am involved in a local club. I'm also involved. I don't. My children don't play there anymore. Yeah. But I'm still involved. Um, I'm involved in the glory as a member, um, and I follow West Ham in the EPL. Yes. But you know, most people just go, oh no, I'm a Man U fan, and and. You know, yeah, glory aren't anywhere near it. And why yeah. would I bother to go down and watch my local insert name team here? Um, <laughs> because no, because yeah, no, oh, why would I? Why would I stand on the side of a, a rainy pitch in Division Two State League and bring my own chair to get wet when I can sit at home and watch Liverpool TV? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, again, it's, um, I'm still looking at that that article. Fifty thousand. Mm-hmm. You know. That would be lucky to get 50,000 in Singapore over the weekend for the Singaporean National League. Yeah. Yeah. The, and these teams can fill any stadium. Any, oh, yeah, could, anywhere. You, you could fill the MCG, one of the biggest stadiums in the world, three times over. Well, there's still that YouTube uh, uh, video yeah. of, of when Liverpool were, were at the MCG. and the, You'll uh, never walk alone. Uh, yeah. yeah. And they go, wow, this is... That's spine-tingling stuff. It's amazing. Yeah, oh, it's wow. brilliant. Yeah. Hang on. Yeah. It's the other side of the world and a club that yeah. only comes here when the money's right. Turn it up. Yeah, I know. Look, I think it's a very interesting view. And it's, a, I suppose, look, alternate view to the mainstream view. Yes, it's a great thing. I would love to see West Ham come out here. But then I wouldn't like it at the expense of the local game. And all of that money that was given to them or raised by them in merchandise, tickets, appearance money, whatever, has all sucked X amount of millions yep. out of the local game. It's drawn it away from um, the FA, it's drawn it away from the A-League, it's drawn it yeah. away from the State League, it's drawn it away from grassroots yep. clubs. There's one thing, and we can't measure this, but it's, it's intangible, mm. but it's that love, passion and attention that I'm, I'm afraid has been drawn away oh, yeah. from local football. Yeah, no. And, and fir- firmly on. The EPL. Do you think that's uh, a COVID-related issue? Because no, the, no, the, no, I don't. The league was, was I mean, I, it wasn't in its strongest position, but it wasn't so, so here, uh, in the position it's in now. I asked myself the same question, right? So I went, I went and looked at crowd numbers. Yeah, yeah. So 2019, yep. that is the only comparison. So you got right, 2018. Uh, yeah. So look at it from 2017, 18, 19, yep. to 2022. Yes. Or 2021, and this a decline significantly from that point, but. The drop-off happened prior. So it's like oh, 2017, okay. 2018, yep. the slide had started. Now, COVID's definitely had impact. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Because right? Sean and I were, were discussing that th- there was times there where you weren't even sure where the glory were playing in Perth when they were listed as the well, home team. And that does not help. No. So that doesn't help at all. But the, but the decline had commenced a long time prior to COVID. Okay. Well, all right. So we were um, yeah, fearful that that would... Um, be the, be the drop-off point when Fox went, yeah, no thanks. Mm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Channel 10 and Paramount jumped in, but the point you guys made, like, are you going to pay another subscription fee? Uh, I don't think you are. Not if you're already subscribing yeah. to various subscription yeah. packages for your international consumption of football, yeah. right? And, and I heard mm. overnight that uh, La Liga is now going to be on Optus Sports. Mm. So there's another one. There's another one that's gone away from from your Fox subscription. Yeah, absolutely. Now looking at the time, we're we're closing in on our time. I was going to catch up with you about the good things that the State League Standing Committee are doing, but is there anything pressing? Look, the only real pressing thing, obviously at the moment, well, not obviously, and one thing we're discussing um, at local level is around ground requirements. Yeah. Um, So... 
particularly... They've been eroded over the last 20 years, 30 yeah. years. Yeah, yeah, and a little. And, you know, if we actually look at the the stately ground requirements, um, there's Category A, Category B, Category C right. venues. Um, and the... So Category A is NPL. Right. Category B is Division 1, Division 2. And mm-hmm. then Category C is what you tend to see in the Sunday amateurs. So, so can I ask, with, with Jaguars at top of the... Uh, is that a category C or D? I well, it would D. be it would be at the lowest. Yeah. End. Now, if you think about Maddington, yep. East Perth, yep. Jaguar, yep. none of the well, none of those clubs at the moment have a compliant ground. East Perth and Maddington mm. don't have a home ground. Yep. Um, to put put into well, big that Maddington situation is is pretty mm. it's unfortunate. Pretty, it's pretty unfortunate, yeah. correct? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Jaguar obviously play in a local park Shed with, Lock, and, yep. I, and I don't know if they've even. Is there change rooms there? I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, there's a change room there. Yeah, you know, yeah. Chevlock is, is just up the road mm. from, from yeah, where I, I am. And, 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 and the, yeah. the scuttlebutt I heard was they were thinking if promotion, and it's still an if, I mean, yeah. I, I won't go, they, they're going up, but yeah. it, you always put an if because the season hasn't finished, of a uh, ground sharing situation with Balladura. Would ba- would that be suitable? It would pot- It would potentially meet the minimum requirements minimum. of Category B. So Category right. B means uh, your fans must be segregated by a fence... Um, yeah, see, Balladur do the rope situation. Yeah, and then, you know, is a rope a sufficient fence? Good question. As per the rules, yes. Yep. In theory, That's probably right. not. No. Um, so these are the sorts of questions we're starting to ask. Yeah. Now, mm. um, now will, it, will we get those implemented in time for next season or not? Right. Is one thing. Oh, we could go on again for right. ages. Another show. <laughs> yeah. but, but the thing is, at least that conversation about ground standards is there because I, I think, you know, look, we've seen a number of teams, and I'll use the term Dog Walking Park, have been promoted in, got the, all the way up to the NPL where they've then had to ground share or whatever. Yeah. Ground sharing is not ideal for either club. Um, you know, I know a number of clubs that have done ground shares. It doesn't Wear and tear work out. alone yeah. is a yeah. big problem for ground sharing. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So, Hugh, thank you very much for coming on. Very unexpected. Thank you, Sharon. Yeah, great to see you. Yeah. No uh, Phil, thank you for coming in. Not a problem. Great to have time. you in person in the studio rather than on the end of a telephone. And your comments have been done. All of our guests that have been on the phone have been brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for listening. And I don't know who's on next week, to be honest. It me, oh, and, I, and I might get Phil to continue that conversation on the phone, or unless you want to yeah. come in again, Phil. Oh, we can see how we go. Yep, yep. Yeah. no worries. All Either right, way, this we'll, has been we'll the World Football that. Program. The Jazz Show is up next. I've been Sean Kelly. I'll see you again. Join us again next week at the same time for the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM.